So hello and welcome to the latest Backstreet Boys podcast. Um, this week, Bayer and I have been jetting off to, not sunny, um, rainy Istanbul for the European Indoor Athletics Championships. Um, there's a lot to chat about and we have a very special guest to join us. I hesitate to say we've got a new girl because this week we have a lady. She's a journalist. She's the founder and trustee of the Lloyd Cowan Bursary, which supports young athletes and coaches. And she's the mum of three sporty girls, one of who's been burning up the track in the US this winter. Most importantly, she's a very big Backstreet Boys podcast fan. Hey, so I'm Jodie. I'm Bayo. And I'm Mel. Mel Anning, welcome to the Backstreet Boys. Thank you so much. It's a delight to be here. As you know, I've been I've been a fan for a really long time. So fantastic <laughs> to to be here just for one show. So if anyone doesn't know, your daughter's Amber Annie, um, who has been like crazy, running crazy in um, the US this winter. But we first met because Amber came on the podcast a few years ago now. We had a Young Gun special. I did an interview with Amber. And then Mel, you and I, we spent the next hour having a chat on the phone and you telling us how much you like the podcast and us setting the world of athletics to rights. So it's really, really lovely to have your support. And thank you for being a, a, a guest today. Jodie, also, strangely, at the Commonwealth Games last yeah. year, so we sat down in our seats and there's some people sat in front of us. And at some point they turn around and say, are you the Backstreet Boys? And we're like, oh, that's that's Mel and Amber Anning. So you <laughs> was literally sat the three seats in front of us at the Commonwealth Games, which was such a great championship, one we really enjoyed and made all the better for you being sat with us. It was it was absolutely great fun. And um, yeah, so it was myself, Amber and, and my middle daughter, Ruby, who's also an athlete in front of you. But it really made it even more special for us. Just chatting <laughs> with you, and put, as you said, putting the world to rights. No, so my background is that I, I joined AFD, Aldershot Farnham and District, the mighty Aldershot Farnham and District, when I was around 10 years old. So yeah. it was the era of um, Christina Boxer was a few years older than me. I was there when Zola Bud joined the club, but yeah. I've always loved athletics and taken part in it. I was I was quite good. You know, I got, got to the English schools, but we get knocked out in the heat. It was the kind of era of Sally Gunnell, Jane Parry, et cetera. But um, always kind of kept in close contact with athletics and... I still compete as a veteran, but for me, it was all about my girls were going to do athletics. I did it. I knew they'd enjoy it and they would love it. So I got them involved at a quite young age um, with Brighton and Hove Athletics Club, which is still my club and Amber's club. But I'm also involved with Sussex Athletics as an administrator. Um, I, I work on the development of athletics in the county, but I love athletics. And that's <laughs> one of the reasons I contacted you and just said, I'll do some editing for you until you find somebody who can do it permanently. <laughs> you don't know how excited that made us because the stress levels of me and bio trying to edit something. But I know we say this every week, but we are going to just learn the basics. so that we can... <laughs> Sometimes we just literally just talk for, 20, uh, for like 40 minutes and we can just put the beginning and the end on we can do it we can do it so that's the plan but obviously it's great to have you there to help out when we can so this week we are here to talk about the European Indoor Athletics Championships um Bayo and I went off to Istanbul um Bayo what was your overall thoughts about the championships not the performances because we're going to come to that but just as, as a whole I had such a great time mm -hmm. I can't it's I went up with so little expectation, seriously. It's like we had so many championships last year and I was a bit like all athletics down. And I thought, in a, certainly for European indoor championships, Istanbul's as furthest as you can possibly go, isn't it? So it's a 
four hour flight and a three hour time difference. You lose a whole day just going like just in Europe, you know. Um, I wasn't that, and I was gonna go, I was gonna enjoy myself, but I wasn't overly, overly bothered. Um, but I just enjoyed myself so much. And there's a couple of things I wanna say up front. One, I wanna give a big, big thank you to one of the Atletico's Seamus, yeah. who, um, Seamus over the years, he's one of the Atletico's, he goes to all the events, you know, we always see each other around. Um, and this year, over the years, he's kind of become the de facto travel agent. So <laughs> he kind of gathers everyone together and books the hotel. And then like, we, we, so we're all staying together, etc. cetera. Um, as um, so-called journalists, we get to stay in the media hotels, which means that um, early on, you can um, advance book hotels where all the other journalists are staying, et cetera. And that can be great because it means there's lots of people in one place. When you go back after the event, there's loads of people in the bar, there's athletes, there's other people you know hanging out on that. Um, this time the um, media hotels were miles away, like in the middle of the city, whereas the stadium is kind of more on the outskirts. Um, Seamus booked a hotel, which I'm not exaggerating, was five minutes from the stadium. Oh my God, it's a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute game changer. Um, the fact you can get up like 10 minutes before you need to be there and quickly have a shower and run out the door rather than navigating like an hour and a half of taxis or um, public transport. Um, and when, at the end of the night, you could just go home and go straight to bed. It's a real lesson learned. Um, so I have to say that was overall a really, really big bonus. But there was just so many great performances. Um, it was really well put on. I just I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed myself. And surprisingly so. I genuinely, genuinely wasn't expecting to be, it to be as much fun as it was. And Mel, what were your thoughts overall of the championships watching from home? I thought it was amazing. I, yeah. I actually had to do it on catch up because I had a big athletics event all over the weekend. But considering the bigger picture of the tragedy of what Turkey and Syria have been through, I just thought that they did a fantastic job. Yeah. It was slick. There was a real energy to the event. Mm. Um, one thing I did want to ask you, there were a few shots where it didn't look, particularly in the morning sessions, as if it, it, the stadium was particularly full. But... That aside, I, I thought they did a really outstanding job. Loved every second of it. So the, the stadium's a bit weird because yeah. it, like one side is, noth is nothing but journalists and VIPs. And then the other side is for like fans. And it's it, even though it's a purpose-built athletic stadium, it looks like the seating is strange. Yes. Um, it wasn't massively busy, but there was definitely enough people there to create an atmosphere. Um, and I always feel like, not so much indoor athletics, but you know in athletics where you see the whole track and you always see the back straight and the sides and there's not many people, but the the main stand can be absolutely full. Um, so sometimes it's deceptive the amount of people you can see in a stadium. But yeah, I agree with, with, with both of you. It was a really, really good championships. It was very well organised. There were some strange decisions on um, the it's order of events. I mean, some very strange and the marketing actually in the stadium well, was can, an absolute... Can we come oh. to that, Jody? Okay, it's one of the things you want to talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> I want to add to bio shout out about the um, about Seamus, um, but just also all the Atleticos who we sat who we yeah. sat with, who we joked with all weekend, to Maraid and Dan and Jade and Bev and Pete and Alex and Chris and Jamie, and also to the new Atletico. We've, we've created a new Athletics fan, to a big shout out to Michael as well, who actually enjoyed himself. <laughs> And he said he's going to listen to the podcast. So, hi, Michael. Hi, it's KJT, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. Um, so, getting on to the action, what we've decided to do is rather than go through every single event, 
you know, once we get chatting, we end up talking about everything anyway. So we have come up with some of our favourite um, moments. We're going to do our best best moment of the championships, our most disappointing moment, um, our favourite athlete or performance of the championships, and then also the ones to watch. Who do we need? Who? Because the European indoors, one of the best things about it is it's a, it's like you know it's a breeding ground for new talent. Um, people can make their mark there, which leads on to big things in the summer. So who do we have to watch out for in the summer? So Mel, you're you're our guest today. As as I said, we've got a lady with us today. So ladies first. <laughs> My... Mel, what was your best moment or best performance of the championships? It's got to be the queen of multi-events, Belgium's <laughs> Nafi Tiam. I mean, she's recently moved away from her coach of yeah. 14 years. She's been in South Africa, warm weather training with her new coach, who's also Belgian, Michael van der Plasten. And people were saying, oh, she just wants to kind of test out a few events, see how it's going. Nafi didn't come to test out nothing. Nafi came <laughs> to take that world record. I don't care what anybody says. She was formidable and right from the get-go in the hurdles she equaled her personal best high jump what well, was one 192 wasn't it so only six centimeters I think below her indoor pb or around that and then she just went on what i loved was her joy in the shot put she just oh my she was just smiling she was so happy with that personal best and you just knew at that point yeah nappy's got this i know she felt that her long jump was slightly below par <laughs> 20 centimeters below par and that 800 i mean look i've got to say sulek sulek mm. phenomenal what a competition she said she was coming there to get the world record she got the world record yes. she held it for about six seconds it was it was phenomenal i'm slightly obsessed with the fact that um Matthew was totally obsessed with her long jump she literally told everybody. So she, because just, just to explain, she was about 20 centimetres behind the board, wasn't she? I think she jumped, she needed 60, didn't she, to be on target for the world record. And she jumped 59, which is fantastic. But she was about 20 centimetres behind the board. Um, I think... Oh, I didn't... I thought she was upset that she was 20 centimetres behind her personal best. I didn't realise she was 20 centimetres behind the board. No, that I think she was, she was... No, I think she was well off the board. And right. so she, I think me and Jodie were the first people to interview her. She told us that I heard her telling the journalists and I heard her telling Athletics Weekly. And then when I got home, I heard her telling Jeanette. So <laughs> she set this world record. And all, all that bothered her was these 20 centimetres on the board that she'd, that she'd missed. But that world record, I mean, it stood since 2012. It was a pretty tough world record. But the individual parts of it were not, are not that... You know that that I mean it's all impressive, but not that impressive. So Natalia Dobrinska did eight thirty eight in the hurdles, one eighty four in the high jump. She did a massive sixteen fifty one in the shot put, six fifty seven in the long jump, and two eleven in the eight hundred meters. So when you look at those marks, you think, well, some of them are you know I, I hesitate to use the word average, but they are in when you can see what other people can do. But obviously, doing five events in one day is really tough. Um, you only do four in the heptathlon outdoors, and of course that's not the end. So you've got a breather in between and running that eight hundred after four previous events. So Matthew really put it together, and that's the most important thing about about multi events, isn't it? It's not the individual marks; it's really doing the overall. I love Nafi so much because she's an athlete who, when we knew her as a junior, um, and when she first came in a senior, she had some very weak events. Yeah, she was very slow. She wasn't a long jumper. She, I mean, she like. I think the high jump was the only thing that you would say was a really strong event for her. 
But similar to Jess, she reminds me of Jess in the way that she goes, I've got a weakness. And she goes away and she comes back the next summer and it's a strength. She's obviously very hardworking, very easy to coach. She obviously takes the information in and is able to convert that into action. And we've seen some other multi-eventers who's really struggled with, with that. So I'm very, very impressed with her. And I thought it was, a, yeah, I mean, a really, really amazing performance. So we're here at the European Indoors with Matthew TM, the new world record holder, Matthew TM. Was it a last minute decision to come here? Uh, not really last minute, uh, because we thought with my coach, uh, just change coaching and an old environment. So we thought it would be good after this uh, month of uh, work to have information and also just to have a championship together, because uh, we still have to get to know each other. But, yeah. <laughs> World record, so it's going good so far. Yeah, it's going very good. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of good information for to continue the work. Uh, yeah, I feel good. But first competition, uh, I still yeah. missed uh, repetition. But uh, it's giving me a lot of confidence to know I have so much more potential Absolutely. and I can do much better. I'll see it also with the long jump, like I'm 20 centimeters from the plank, like it's really stuck here still. <laughs> but yeah, it feels good to know that I can and do much better. That world record, it was deceptively good because individually it's not amazing performances, but doing it only within one day is really difficult. Yes, and uh, you know, if I can do really good in one event, uh, the eye jump is really, uh, and the jumps in general are really my thing. Uh, yeah, it can be so much more points, so it's just great, really it's giving me a, you know, I'm a bit annoyed with that long jump, but uh, it's a good feeling to know that I can do much better, you know. We just spoke to Natalia, Natalia Dabriska, who you, whose world record you just broke, she's very happy that you've broken the world record. Uh, that's a sweet, I didn't see her. <laughs> she's, just, she's just here, you'll see okay. her in a minute. So good luck, good luck for the summer, we'll see you outdoors and maybe that outdoor world record. Oh yeah, we'll see you. <laughs> Hopefully. With your new coat. <laughs> That was a great, great moment when Natalia Dobrinska was there. And obviously we caught them on camera when Natalia met, met Nafi and that's on our uh, Instagram page. Um, but yeah, she was so gracious and she was really, really excited for Nafi and Nafi was excited to meet her. We're here at the European Indoor Athletic Championships with Natalia Dobrinska, who is the 2008 Olympic champion and now the ex-world record holder at the Pentathlon. Oh my God, I can hear this ex-record holder. But you'll always be the I'm Olympic joke. champion. I'm really, I'm really happy. You are happy? Yeah, I am happy today because it's a, it's a something new and I'm very happy about this. Yeah, so you held the world record for 11 years. Yeah. And I think it's a deceptively difficult world record because individually the events are not massive, but it's difficult to do it all in one day. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's very difficult because you need to be very hard and uh, have uh, the mentally mm -hmm. for one day do it five events. It's, it's not easy, of course. But today, girl, you see, it's a perfect result. So the, the fantastic girl. I'm very happy for for them. And it reminds us of when you won the gold and set the world record because you were guest against um, Jessica, and yeah. she thought she'd won because the, the results came up and you. Just broke the world record to beat her, and she couldn't beat your world record. Katrina Johnson Johnson yes, couldn't break your world five, record. Nathy Tian couldn't yeah. break your world record. So it's a, Anna Hall was very close recently yes, as well. Yes, so, I think it's it's uh, very good because it's uh, uh, the Pen and Heptathlon uh, moving on, yeah. and it's very good. And girl, go go there and. Uh, We'll have very good results for the future. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank it's lovely you. to meet you. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. When we go to championships, one of the things we look out for is like old champions. We, we're scouring the, the, um, <laughs> the audience to see who we can spot. So that was really nice.
Bayern, who was your best performance of the championships? Okay, mine's a bit obscure um, because I knew we were all going to go for the, 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 the big names. Um, and I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce this, but I think his name's probably Duve. Duve Amels, um, the um, Dutch high jumper. Great. Who won out of nowhere, totally not expected. It was a great competition, not huge heights, but he did a PB at 29, then he did a PB at 31. And there was this amazing moment, uh, which you may have seen on television. I'm not sure if they, they showed it or not. But at 29, I think it was, he clears 29. And it's just as the Dutch relay team, that's right, isn't it, um, had won the gold. And they were coming round, but they were literally right by the beds of but the... It was the men's as well. The men's had got a, a silver, I think. So they okay, were both so, so at all, the same time. So the, the, the men's had got the silver, the Dutch women had won, and they were all coming round the track together at, totally by chance at the exact moment that he clears 29. He clears 29, jumps up from the bed and all his mates are stood in front of him. (laughs) (laughs) Such a fantastic moment. And that's what I love about the um, Euro indoors. It's like, it's a, it's a, not breeding ground. It's like a a, a way for people to, to ease themselves into major competitions. You know, it's not starting off with the Olympic games. Now uh, he's won the European indoors with a new PB at the beginning of the year. It sets him up great for the rest of the season. But the thing is, he's not young. He was a European under-23 champion in 2013, 10 years ago. So I I think he's in his 30s. And to come here and do a new PB, indoor and outdoor, his his previous PB, well, his outdoor PB, is 228 from 2013. So this is what I love about the European indoors. It gives people an opportunity to be on the major stage, come home with a gold medal. And it it can be a stepping stone, even at his his age, it can be a stepping stone to great things outdoors. Um, And... I love when someone comes to the championships and grabs that that yes. opportunity. And I mean, I'm sure we'll talk later on about some people who didn't didn't do that. But the European indoors is the the place to do it, and um, he did it perfectly. It was brilliant. Um, can I just do one other favorite, which is or not favorite? This is best, isn't it? Which is um, Togba Danish Mash. Yes, the Turkish, the Turkish lady who won the triple jump. Now it was a poor triple jump competition, but. This is what you want in your own country. How often do Turkey hold major championships? Twice in my lifetime. Um, and it's her moment. She's not. She was ranked third, I think, going in. But the, the, the quality has been really poor this year. But she comes out, drops a huge uh, PB and national record in her hometown. And you always want a major championship to have a hometown winner. Yeah. Um, wherever it comes from, it's a really disappointing if someone doesn't have a, a winner or a medal to, to cheer. And the fact she did that got a huge reception in the um, in the auditorium, and that just puts a smile on my face. Yeah, I, I thought it was absolutely amazing. That was one of my very favourite performances. And also, she spoke about having lost relatives, so mm. she had a lot on her shoulders. And came out and delivered. So it was, yeah, I, I was crying during her interview. I cry a lot, actually. but <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I'm not a crier in any way, shape or form, apart from athletics. Athletics will set me off the silliest thing. Nothing else bothers, you know, can, <laughs> nothing else bothers me at all in life. But um, athletics will get me every single time. Um, I did. I didn't. I wasn't familiar with her at all. But actually, she's the European Under Twenty Three champion and previously the European Under Twenty Three silver medalist. So she does have some pedigree. One thing I did, did annoy me, um, and this was about the presentation. She got her medal to an empty stadium oh. when I think it was between sessions. Was, was it, it at the end of a morning session? No, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was the Saturday night. I think. But every, there was no one in the stadium, and it was like, what? You couldn't have just moved that for like a little bit earlier so she could have done it in front of her home fans, which would have been lovely for her, but also would have been great for the audience as well. 
But, you know, I'm not in charge of um, organising the whole event. I'm sure they've got other things to think about. But it does always wind me up when they can't make little concessions like that for, you know, it's, it's about promoting the sport, isn't it? And um, that would have made, a, that would have, that would have, could have been a moment of, of the championships. But also she deserves it. She's just yeah. won a gold medal in her home, t- home country with a national record. And she literally did it to an entirely empty stadium. Mm. I mean, it was just entirely empty. So it just, it just kind of spoils that moment slightly, surely. Um, so my best performances of the weekend, obviously, um, Mal, what you said about Nafi, that is the overall outstanding, outstanding performance. But I'm going to say someone that you, uh, you're never going to think would come out. <laughs> <of my mouth. laughs> <where> going. <laughs> I'm going to say Jakob Ingebrigtsen. I was really, really, really impressed with him. We know he's a great athlete. We know he rubs me up the wrong way. But the way he commanded both of those wins was extraordinary. And, you know, he did what, what you can only do when you're that good is he did a Svetlana Mastakova. You go to the front, you run at your pace, and you just don't let anyone go past you. And you, when you when you do that, you put your the other people in a really difficult situation yes. because they know you're the best in the field. They know you're the fastest in the field. So what can their tactic be? All their tactic can be is to try and out-sprint you, but you're faster at sprinting than them as well. I did think Neil Gawley, I mean, obviously, Neil Gawley thought this, um, Jakob Inkebrixen thought this, we all thought this, that Neil Gawley probably is faster in the last 200 than, than Jakob, because Jakob is very strong. He hasn't got like a kick kick. Um, and Neil Gawley did make that kind of effort down the back straight, but Jakob knew it was coming, and Jakob just imperceptibly just upped his pace just a little bit. It wasn't even, he didn't even go to 100%. He just went up a tiny little bit, just put Neil off, so um, he got till he got to the bend, if you don't, you when you don't go to that backstroke, you've got to overtake. Because otherwise you've used up all your energy and then you go around the bend, you're pushed out wide in the bend and then you can't do it in the home straight. It was a tactical masterclass in both events. And I don't know what well, I was going to say. I don't know how people beat him. Um, Jake knows how to beat him. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was very, very, very impressed. Um, I was going to say, and this isn't a criticism of Neil at all. Neil got a silver medal. He probably That's probably the medal he should have got. And um, Jack Jakob is one of the, the greats. So no, no criticism of Neil at all. But he did slightly too little, slightly too late. If you're going to beat him, especially indoors, you can't put all your eggs in the last bend basket. You know, it, it needed. you need to shake up that, that race. Jakob has gone to the front and he is dictating that race. So the way you, to beat him is to ruin his race plan. You've got to, he gets annoyed. He gets, he doesn't like people like daring to, to like um, um, challenge him, does he? So maybe if it had been the lap before and he tried to get in front, Jakob would have been thrown. You know, you've got to, you've got to try and, you've got to try something different. It was entirely predictable that with 200 to go, that Neil was going to try, not 200 to go, 150 to go, Neil was going to try and overtake him. So he kind of needed to do some other tactic. As I say, not a criticism because Jakob probably still would have won, but you, you can't beat Jakob by doing the predictable. The thing was, it was quite quick. I mean, it was 133 championship record. It didn't look quick because it was kind of even pace. I think he did 58. And so it was, I think he just threw everybody off. Um, and this is the thing indoors as well. And there's some other people I think did the same kind of thing. You've got to be so tactically astute indoors. Like you can win, obviously you can win and lose with one silly mistake or one lack of, um, you know, being proactive indoors. You really have to run your race and be, do it aggressively. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a great result for, for, for Neil as well. 
Um, yeah, but Jakob's my my number one. Mel, what did you want to say? I was going to say I was slightly speechless because I know how you feel about him, but, <laughs> but, but totally agree. And I've got to say as well, it is brilliant that he comes back to defend those titles. Yeah. He doesn't have to. There are so many people would love to have been there who aren't there. He comes back to defend them. But it, it was that imperceptible gear change just on yeah. that straight to bend, which was beautiful to watch because I thought Gullet was going to get him. And then, mm. like, nah, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> me, so it was a wonderful race. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is with Jakob, he does rub me up the wrong way. But I don't, I, I've not heard anything. I didn't hear him say anything about anybody afterwards. Maybe he's turned over a new leaf this year. But I've never criticised his performances on the track because he's astonishing. And he's fun to watch as well. Um, yeah, but, you know, maybe this year he's going to get in my good books. I'm sure he's. I'm sure that's what his aim is. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, had, we had this continuous debate over the weekend about um, whether we were going to interview him. And I kept saying, Jody, you're interviewing him. And Jody was like, oh, I'm not. And it, it never came up because we didn't see him. So he never came through the big zone when we were there so we had to, to, so we had to make a decision. So next time, Jody. Oh, I think I've interviewed him before, but I just I feel like a hypocrite interviewing him with being all smiley and friendly because I know I'm not very nice about him. Uh, but I'd like I would like to like him. I would like to, and you know he didn't say anything rude about anyone this weekend. So he's in my, he's in my good books. I'm going to be nice from now on. <laughs> were there any other best performances that we haven't mentioned I know we're going to talk about other things and there's some things that, that there's some overlap but was there any oh I just want to say Femka because when you've won as well as Femka this this um winter and you come and you on 49.85 and we're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> any other time we wouldn't be like screaming at the rooftops for someone running 49.85 I'm she is so effortless like so, she just looks so easy, unperturbed. Like she's got this really long stride. Everyone else is racing afterwards and she's just like, like it's so easy. Um, she was phenomenal um, to run that fast. She ran super fast in the relay as well. Um, we love Femme Cabal. Um, we actually, we had a chat with her. Hey, so I'm here with Femme Cabal, um, another championships, another two gold medals. Um, as big fans of the sport, what we all love about you, the fans, is you compete everywhere. You can be indoors and outdoors, you do hurdles, you do flat, you do all the relays, and yet you still come out like triumphant every time. Um, what is it about you that makes you able to compete so much and be so successful? Well, we try really hard to make sure I can also do this, and I think I really like indoors. It's a fun thing to have a break for the trainings, to see where you're at, and, well, I got a lot of pressure at the end, but normally not have too much pressure, just, yeah, I think 400 indoors is a lot of fun, and it's just a break for training, so that's why I like to do indoors, and I think I train in a big team, and a lot of the girls that I run with and the boys are in my team, so it makes me want to run really for the team, and I love to do really also, and, well, last year I did a lot in the summer, yes. I won't do this again, but I did a but I just love to compete, and I think it's what we work so hard for, and I think we make sure I only do this when I'm completely healthy and I'm like that, so I think it's just to have fun, enjoy it and work hard. Well, we certainly have fun watching you. Um, now, this world record, we must quickly talk about the world record. Coming into this indoor season, did you think that was possible at all? No. No, <laughs> no I mean, at one point I think I started to think maybe I could run some 50, uh, especially after my 500 in Boston also. But, uh, 
excited for you running it outdoors now because that, that is Alison Felix's outdoor PB yeah, isn't it crazy. which is crazy absolutely yeah when I heard it she's like one of the biggest athletes I know so I'm, I'm honored at the same time <laughs> well hopefully outdoors you'll go quicker will you be doing more out, um, outdoor 400 meters no I'm no. That newfound speed, that's going to be hard to control that over the hurdles. So you're going to have to work on that hard before the World Championships. Yeah, technique. well, I think I got a bit more speed because I worked on my stride length because I want to do one stride less between the hurdles. And I think that's also what made me faster. So I hope this is how it will go. But I have more speed and I have to go with my bad legs. So we have to work on this. <laughs> Listen, well, best of luck. We're really looking forward to seeing you in the season. So Thank you. Cool. Thanks a lot. See you then. Bye-bye. What was so interesting there is she says she's not doing 400 outdoors. I know. So oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> just kind of really, and it's kind of disappointing, but you no, know, she knows what she's doing. That really surprises me. I thought she would give it a go, especially as we think that Sydney's going to go for both of them. I thought that she'd go head on for it. Or maybe she's hoping that Sydney will tire herself out going for both of them and say she'll get the 400 meter hurdle. <laughs> that's going to be a fantastic, I know we'll talk about it later, but that is going to be a fantastic summer of 400 meter hurdling. Well, it will be if Sydney actually does some 400 meter hurdles, because if she just does two races in America and then, you know, comes to the championships, it's really disappointing. And um, what was interesting from Femke was, number one, obviously, it's disappointing that she wouldn't run the 400 because Shawnee's pregnant. Um, there's some great new girls, including ones that are quite close to home, uh, who we're going to be really looking forward to seeing um, outdoors this year. I mean, indoors, obviously, Amber's won 50.68. Um, third fastest UK of all time. Um, we've got um, Talitha Diggs, who has, you know, the pedigree in that family, um, has run, what, a 49, 30, no, sorry, 50, 13, something silly fast, American record. Um, um, Rashida Adeleke, sorry, Rashida, I butchered your name last week. <laughs> She's won Super Bowl. Lee, Lee, um Lika Clava. Like yeah. these are all, and, and obviously the, the the ladies who ran really fast outdoors last year, in, including um, um, Paulino, um, the other one from um, um, Dominican Republic. There's there's some really good 400 meter runners, but um, um, Femka has run faster than most of them indoors. So I know I'd love to see her. I'd love to see her over the 400 outdoors. I mean, I, know, I think you've mentioned it, but I cannot get over the fact that her indoor time is Alison Felix's <laughs> no. indoor time. It, it just doesn't make any kind of sense, does it? <laughs> so it would have been wonderful to see her outdoors. I, I have heard that 
Sydney is planning to run a lot more and she wants to run on the European circuit as well. So I really hope that we we see a, a full season of Sydney because she has not tested herself for about right. three or four years properly over the 400 metres. She's always been a phenomenal athlete. And I, I think that she is going for the world record at some point over the next couple of years, the flat world record. Wow. You'd be surprised if she she broke it. So I'm, I'm excited to, in the hope that she will come out and be running this summer. Um, what was interesting, sorry, Femke said that the, one of the reasons she thinks she's so fast indoors is because she's been working on a stride length for outdoors. And now she's so fast, you might have to go back and look at totaling over the, what she calls her weaker leg. But that's the whole point of four hurdling. You've got to be yeah. proficient over both both legs and you've got to be able to mix it up. If, in, you know, don't know what the wind's going to be like, don't know if it's going to be raining, don't know, you know, there's all kinds of things. So you really need to be proficient on both legs as hurdling. Um, and that's why obviously um, Sydney's been doing 100 hurdles, you know, not for both legs, but to practice that hurdling technique. Sally Gunnels, to me, the best 400 meter hurdler of all time, um, technically um, was a 100 hurdler first. So yeah, so anyway, we were talking about Femka, she was brilliant. <laughs> Hi, I'm Morgan Lake and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. <laughs> are we moving on to the next category now? Yes, we are. So what we want to, we talked about the, some of the best things about the championships. Who, what performances were we disappointed by? And, you know, I'm going to place this in a positive thing because the reason we're disappointed with people is because we have high expectations of them because yeah. we think they're great, right? So, Bayo, who was someone who we were disappointed by what happened with them at the championships? Okay, I'm going to leave some that I think probably other people are going to bring up. Um, one thing, I'm not, disappointed isn't what I'm going to say for yeah. this person. I'm just more um, confused and I don't know what happened. And I haven't heard the interview to to let me know so maybe there's something I'm missing and maybe there's a good reason but Izzy Boffy I don't know what happened there I just don't know what happened she looks she looks so good all year she looks so good in the first round um she we talked to her coach we talked to Luke Gunn didn't we um when we first got there and we were talking about that third lap uh, that third 200 now she's really committing to it she looked really great there was a silver medal up for grabs you know that was hers and it just didn't happen in the semi-final she looked she looked troubled from the beginning. She looked like she was in the wrong position. She just, she just, it was just messy. And I don't know what happened. She kind of trailed off. Um, so it's, it's again not a criticism in the same way of Neil Gurley. Something happened, and I don't know what that something was. So I'd just be interested to interested to find out. Totally agree with that. Um, I was really expecting Izzy to medal. I've I've known her for a long time. She's same age as Amber. I've seen her through all the age groups, doing so well, and she looked so strong but in that race I think it was tactically she got herself kind of boxed in at the wrong point and then she effectively missed a stride might have been shoved or pushed and she couldn't come back from that and it was a real shame because you know Keely had spoken about it that she thought they could get gold and silver. I did I listened to the interview she did with that it's weekly and she said that she got clipped in the home straight and it to totally threw her off and she's got you know she's got some someone clipped her she's got some uh, some war wounds um, um but like Bayo said, I think it started way before the finishing yeah. straight because she went into that knowing that she was the second um, fastest in Europe this year. I think Anita Horvat, who's a world championship or Olympic finalist, I get confused because all the years are wrong. Um, um, obviously, she, you know, she can run 158 outdoors, but she hasn't run as fast as Izzy has um, indoors this winter. Didn't run as fast as Izzy has indoors um, this winter in the final. And Izzy usually is a really good tactician. She knows what yeah. she knows. She's got a good kick. She gets herself in the right place. Historically, she probably has drifted a little bit in that third 200, and she's addressed that this year. But she didn't go into that semi-final 
with the mentality that I, I'm going to dominate this race. Everyone's going to, everyone's looking. She was the fastest in that race. Everyone's looking at her, but she didn't run it like she was the favourite for the race. She ran it like someone who wasn't quite sure. And when you are sure of yourself, you make sure you're in the right position. You make the move when you want to. You don't react to other people. You run your race. I mean, she's still young. It's so it's weird because Keely, who's younger than her, is so proficient yeah. at all of these things. And Izzy, through the age group, she won the youth, she won the European, um, yeah, the European Juniors and the under twenty threes. You know, she's got and she's taken a more traditional route to success. Keely's like a freak of nature, isn't she? Like at eighteen, running so incredibly. But you know, once again, it's good. Um, it's good experience. She'll know better. She'll know better for the winter. She'll go away. She's surrounded by good people who are gonna. Um, she's gonna go back. She's gonna watch that race. She's gonna see what she's done wrong, and she's gonna come back. But yeah, I think it was a little disappointing because I definitely there was a middle. She she did say to us that I think Yoon is over now. So whereas um, so I think maybe that's held her back a bit, you know, over the over the last couple of years. But Yoon is over now, and this is the time to learn it. You know, we keep saying this, but this is the time to make mistakes at the European Indoor Championships. So um, yeah, less disappointed, more kind of like. Um, disappointed I suppose is why this is true um, um, one other person I want to say and I would say definitely disappointed in this person is Reese Prescott yeah I knew you were going to say that um, so I know he probably hates people saying this but he started in his greatest asset you know we all know this um, but doing the 60s indoors is a great idea it like focuses on the start it lets you the, the problem with you don't have a great start is that you other people get up before you and great runners don't let that phase them they then concentrate on what they've got to do and, you know, can, can come through. Um, Reese indoors, we know he's not going to get off to a great start. So it's a really good idea to focus that and concentrate on what you need to do to overtake the people. He got a terrible start. He got a terrible start in the final. And then, let's be frank, he gave up. Mm. He gave up. He trailed in last. Now, my thing about that is maybe if you continued running, maybe you would have come fourth, fifth. You don't know who's going to fall over. You don't know who's going to pull the hamstring. You don't know who's going to get disqualified afterwards with a drug ban, you know? So a fifth place could turn into a third place. An eighth place ain't going to turn into anything, you know? Now, if he was injured, fair play. If I didn't hear that, I, I heard him talking to people afterwards. I didn't hear anything about an injury. Anything like that, absolutely fine. But if he gave up just because he wasn't going to win... That to me is kind of inexcusable. As I say, I don't know the specifics of it. I did hear the interview you did with Athletics Weekly. I didn't hear anything about an, in an, an injury. We were stood there as he was talking to them. But if he just gave up because he wasn't going to win, that, that to me is inexcusable. He spoke about the start being so unusually bad that there was no way that he could recover. So I agree with what you're saying in a way, but you think about Marcel Jacobs, his start is not the best. He trusts himself to come through. Exactly. It's about trust. down in the other rounds. And it, it, it was just a real shame. I mean, I can understand that okay, he's 15 metres in and thinks, I'm not going to recover this. But actually, he just totally gave up. He shouldn't have been last. But, you know, I think it will it will take him forward to the summer season and hopefully he's going to have a really strong, the kind of season that we've wanted from him for a long time. And like him doing this as well, you know, it's really important he did he did it this season. It's really, really important he did that. But I just think to end on a giving up on a race when your lesson should be about not panicking those circumstances, getting a bad start and recovering from it, even if that means you only come fifth, you don't you learn something from that about what to do next time. Stopping seems to be you didn't you're not learning anything at all. You know, Carl Lewis wasn't known for his starts, but he didn't panic when he was a meter behind, did he? <laughs> he trusted himself. And Reese, I think Reese's top end speed is as good as ever, anyone. 
Yeah. Um, when he relaxes and he's, you know, he's a he's a mercurial character. Like we don't, he's he's fast, he's slow, he's like we don't know, we don't hear a lot from him. I find him very interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm very pleased he did the 60 indoors. I'm very pleased that we've seen him consistently indoors over 60 as well and to go to the championship. So hopefully there's been some real positives taken out of this 60 campaign indoors and we can take that to, to outdoors. Mel, who was slightly disappointing for you? Um, again, it's very difficult to say disappointing when she came away with a, a bronze medal. But mm. um, Daryl, fab heat, fantastic semi-final and I always think it was um Njinga's to win or to lose but I I wish that Daryl had improved her time in the final and come through for that silver because it was her, hers for the taking and you could see her disappointment in the interview yeah. afterwards um she was trying to remain positive but she was disappointed because it, it's become a little bit of a, a, a pattern and it's that step up from the semi to run a faster time in the final, which most of the other athletes either achieved with PBs or season's best, and, and Daryl didn't. So for me, that's a mental thing. It's a, it's a yeah. bit like you're choking when it comes to the event where it really matters to, you know, and I really hope she can get that sorted out because she's a, a phenomenal athlete. She's had a great yeah. indoor season. And again, I'm expecting far faster times, the sub 11s, you know, in, in the summer. The problem is it's three championships in a row um, yeah. where she has run faster in the semi than the final. Um, and that becomes to, begins to be a bit of a pattern. That's going to play in your head, isn't it? Um, she ran, what was it, 10 times sub-11 last year? Something like... Is it really? Something like, that's what she said in her interview with Jeanette, something like that. Um, which is amazing. I mean, like, God, the fact that we've got, <laughs> <laughs> that we've got two women who could do that is absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, and yet, she's going to have to get over that hump of like, because it becomes what they used to say about Merlene, you know, it's really hard to get gold when you're carrying a, a bag of bronzes around on your back. Um, so, great indoor season, great times, fine performance. There's nothing wrong with the bronze medal at the European indoors. That's fantastic. It's just, it could have been a silver. That's all. Um, my other disappointment um, was Morgan, Morgan yeah. Lowe. And I love that young athlete. You know, we've all followed her since she was 12, 13. I mean, she's been a 190 jumper since she was around 14, 15 years yeah. old. And her breakthrough this year, the 199, she's become the athlete we always knew that she was. And, and two metres is not far off. And I, so disappointed for her and her honesty her self-analysis um she was brutally honest about it and just said it's the mentals and I just thought I really hope that this kid gets what she needs the help that she needs the psychological sports psychology help she needs and that we see what she can do over the summer so I've got a lot to say about Morgan as well but first of all let's hear from her Morgan this isn't the interview we were hoping to do this for this championship all the interview that you were hoping to give I'm sure yeah. um what happened out there today um yeah, it's a tough one. I think it's quite multifaceted. Um, in the season, I kind of sat down with Robbie and all my coaches and we were just like, I was like, my main goal of this season is to get my confidence back in my jumping. I want to have a setup I'm super com comfortable in, super happy with. I was like, my main goals are to go out. I was like, I'm not thinking about championships. I just want to jump a PB, break bridge record. And I think everyone's a bit like, well, you've literally just jumped like 185, but okay. And I was like, no, I know I can do this. And I was so set on 
I can jump one. I can jump at one ninety eight. I can. But I was like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to do the championships. Um, kind of take that anxiety away. And I was like, I just want to see my potential. And I did that. Um, and then I was like, well, I'm, I'm ranked second in Europe. Like, I need to take these opportunities in. I need to become a championship performer. Um, and I kind of, I think I just pushed that anxiety I had about the championships away, kept pushing it, pushing away. And I think it just manifested, I guess, in my body mm. <laughs> when I was jumping today. I was like, okay, I haven't dealt with that. Um, it's something I need to now deal with because I, I really, really, really want to start getting medals. Like, I know I'm capable of it. And I think a lot of times, especially in the last few years, I've been like, can I do it? Can't I do it? And I know I can. So now, I don't know. I just, I just really, really, really want it. Because, like, we all know you're a fantastic athlete. You don't yeah. jump 199. You like the your junior career was astonishing, mm -hmm. and you've always jumped like 195, 196. You're always there. Yeah. When you come to the championships, it's a different matter. You struggle yeah. with the championships. I think I try and find something extra, mm. and I think what today's shown is I don't need to find anything. Like, yeah. I've done it. I've done it over and over again this season. Um, and in those competitions, I've just relaxed and I've just. I've just tried to find like I haven't competed against anyone. I've literally just tried to be my best. Whereas today I was like, right, I wanna, I wanna beat everyone. I wanna get a medal, and that's obviously not my way of jumping high. So I guess I mean, yeah, the result, the interview is not what I wanted at all. But I guess I found how I can jump high. I just need to trust that. Translate that into a championship. Have yeah. you ever spoken to like sports psychologists? Yeah, you have. Yeah, I have. Um, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's hard because I think a lot of things I say and a lot of things I even talk to Robbie about, I almost just say and then don't do. Right. So it's almost like working even deeper and like actually doing those things. So it's just, yeah, more hard work, but I'm going to get there. Well, listen, we've seen how talented you are this winter. We've seen how high you can jump. Yeah. And let's, we're all hoping, you know, we're all here hoping and hoping the best for you. Thank you. And we're hoping you can transfer that into a championship in the summer. Thank you. So lovely to speak to you. Thanks I do. very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, it was the most disappointing performance of, of the weekend because we had such high hopes. And I feel like that's part of the problem. Yes. We have a lot of hopes for her. She has a lot of hope for herself and she puts a lot of pressure on herself. And it's that pressure. And for me, and this is what where I'd like to get your perspective as the mum of a phenomenal young athlete. Um, Morgan, like you said, she's been jumping 190 since she was 15 or something. Like at the what at the World Juniors in 2014, she won two golds. Um, but she also had a website going for gold with a countdown to Rio when she was like 16. And that wasn't, I'm you know, that's not her choice. That's people that have surrounded her. Um, there's a lot of pressure. And when you've been so amazing at a young age and you're so used to winning, and then I think in London in 2017, she came. No, in Rio, she got to the final. But I'm sure in her head, it was a bit of a disappointment. In London, I think she jumped 195 and came fifth or something in the final. But with her high expectations, it's probably a bit of a disappointment. So you're putting all this pressure on yourself. And so whatever you do, you're coming into the championships with like, I, if I don't win, I've done badly. Whereas from a fan's perspective, we're like, oh my God, she just got to the Olympic final. Oh my God, she came fifth. She's jumped 195. Amazing. Look at this progress. Next year, maybe she'll get to another final and the year after she might get a bronze. And But there's been this pressure on her coming from all sides and, you know, probably from herself, most most of all, not wanting to let us down, not letting to let her, her family down, her coaches down and herself down. And it feels like it's really, really weighing on her now. 
And I re- like that 199, God, <laughs> so excited. And I really hope that she can, like you said, get, it's a, it's a psychology thing. And she said that she's she's seen some sports psychologists and she takes it in, but she doesn't necessarily do all the work that she needs to do. So hopefully this is a little bit of a wake up call because we know the talent she's got. She knows the talent she's got. And, oh, it's just really frustrating. Definitely. It feels like she just needs to be able to go away and regroup and to maybe just do some low-key meetings mm. and just kind of get get her mojo back but you're, you're absolutely right that that pressure has been on her for a really really long time and you can you can see it in her body language I mean she looked yeah. amazing she looked so conditioned so yeah. well so ready and she said her bo- body's in the right position so I, I I'm sure she will get it together this year if not this year next year but yeah we've got to kind of like all remember that she's still young no, she's only 25. Exactly. <laughs> she has time and she needs to take that pressure off herself as well because she could be jumping for the next seven, eight years. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're Ruth Bader, she's got like another 13 years in her. So, but Mel, like obviously Amber has been a phenomenal junior, European junior silver medalist, and she broke the British record. Was she only 16 when she broke the British junior record? She, she was she was 18, but she has, 18. yeah, she has a 300 meter indoor record as well. Right. That she broke that record from that Marilyn Newfield, which was set in the early 70s. And you think of all the 400 meter runners since who haven't broken it. So what is the pressure like on a young athlete? And Mel um, Amber chose to go off to the United to America to the collegiate was a different kind of pressure. It's not a pressure from other fans at home. But there's a whole lot of different kind of pressure when you're a collegiate athlete. No, ab- ab- absolutely. I think the, the the biggest pressure is the pressure that they put on themselves. A bit like we've just spoken about Morgan. They get really used to to winning. So you're a, a big fish in a small pond over here, and then you get onto a largest largest stage, and it can become more difficult. Um, Amber's situation, she's had injuries in between. Um, her beloved coach Lloyd Cowan died mm. in 2021, which was her, her first second year at university, where she had COVID. Um, we had the pandemic in between. And she was in the wrong program. She went to the wrong university and she was in the wrong program for her as a 400 meter runner. So she wasn't she wasn't developing in the way that she wanted to. And so she, where did she go first? Because I thought she that's she wasn't always in Arkansas, was she? No, she was at LSU, which is a powerhouse for track and field. You know, many, many great athletes have come through it. But uh, it just wasn't right for her. She came back last year, three years into a four-year degree, and just said, I want to change university. And you can do that in America. She's moved to Chris Johnson at the University of Arkansas. She has Shamir Little there. She's got Cindy Semba. She's got Britton Wilson. She's got a whole group of amazing 400-meter runners. And the coach who was a 400-meter runner and really knows knows the event and knows her and it's really changed her her mindset her belief has come back but I think that that transition from junior to senior is very difficult and most athletes don't make it and some of that is you're unfunded you don't have the support around you you're studying there are so many pressures on them and also when they stop winning that can be another pressure that I'm no good I'm not going to make it rather than continuing so, Mel, what you just said about her still being here, Morgan, is really important because a lot of young athletes, and especially the ones who've been super successful at a young age, they're not here. They barely made it into the, into the um, seniors at all. You look at Charlotte Moore or Emily Pigeon or Amy Spencer or Venetia James, all for different reasons, were phenomenal juniors who were all excited about it. And we didn't see them as seniors at all. Morgan's still here. She's still she's jumping better than ever. Yeah. So, like, that's all positives. 
and we should be like we're just still still really excited by her and I hope I really hope that she's still excited by athletics and we're going to see the best of her this summer I do want to say because I think she's sometimes listening to the podcast and yeah we want to say we support you fully and please don't I feel like even this discussion puts more pressure on her you know (laughs) I feel like us even discussing it is like another weight on the shoulders. Don't think of it that way at all. We support you 100%, whatever you do, whatever happens, and we will always be there supporting you. It's not it's, it's not a negative, you know. It wasn't a great championship. We'll move on. You're 25 years old. 25, you know. Kelly Kelly Holmes got two gold medals at 34, didn't she? So. And also, that was the best interview um, with, she's, we've ever done with Morgan. The self-awareness, yeah. brilliant to hear. It really was. and. Um, that, that makes me very, very hopeful. So I just want to make a better analogy than Kelly Holmes. Ruth Bader. Yes. <laughs> who retired, decided to unretire, and then won everything you could possibly win. So that, that's, that's the way to go. Guys, I'm an athlete that um, I was so disappointed for. And again, it wasn't that his performance was disappointing. It's a bit like Izzy Boffy. It was George Mills um, falling. Yeah, he had a real chance of, of meddling or being in that top four. And it, it was really difficult for him. And it, it was tough to see it because he's had such an amazing season so far. I've rewatched that race about five times. Um, it's just a mess. That, that, that's all there is to it. It's no one in particular's fault. Um, it's just uh, it's just a mess. Jakob goes off so fast that the others all like quickly converge and George tries to overtake um, Neil. Neil won't let him quite through. Someone clips him from behind. It's just a mess. There was so much talk afterwards about was it Neil Gurley's fault? Was anyone going to get disqualified? And on looking back, it's just one of those things. It was just one of those things. Um, I also just want to mention someone we need to talk about, well, not talk about, just give a shout out to Enrique Yopez because he had that fall in the 60 metre hurdles. Ooh. Like knocked, knocked out cold. Knocked out cold. There was some criticism of the other people in the race who didn't go back and see him. But like, you've just won a race. You don't. People fall over in the hurdles all the time. I don't think they didn't know what had gone on behind him. But we hear he's okay. Um, but it was just it wasn't wasn't nice to see, and it's not something we we like to see on an athletics track. I've got a couple of sort of odd disappointments at the end, but we'll come back. Come well, back. I was just going to say we mentioned all the main ones. I don't. You mentioned all the ones I was going to say. So Bayo's got some others. Um, mine are kind of off off track. Yeah. Both the triple jumps were terrible. <laughs> like the, um, <laughs> the Williams was running, um, uh, what, Williams was running what? 14, 30, 32 or 31. Yeah, the men's was one in 17, was it 1760, 60. which is great, but the um, the silver medal was in 1658. Yeah. 1658? Come back, um, come back, Nathan. Um, 1658, it was a metre, a metre behind. It got metered, basically. So, that's just bad. Isn't it? I don't know what's going on there. The other thing was, and again, not a criticism as such, um, but anyone who was at the championship will know what I'm talking about. I've never been to such a poorly marketed event in my life. By marketed, I don't mean like ticket selling. There was enough people there. But like, it's an odd stadium. It's a very odd stadium. At an indoor stadium, you usually have the main arena and then that kind of circle that goes all around the outside. So they can have, you know, you can sell stuff, you can do food and drink and all that kind of stuff. They just don't have that. So you come in and it's about four metres and then there's the stairs to go into the into the stadium. And yeah, but you come in and like don't, you've got one metre to like some kind of like some manky sandwiches. There's no, there's sandwiches, all very yeah. tight. But there was, there wasn't a that, that's, also, that's also, you come in, it's got the, it's got the, um, the uh, x-ray machines and loads of um, um, like security 
and a sandwich bar. And it's like, there's a whole just mess as you walk in, nothing else anywhere around. And there's no programs, no t-shirts, no, there was a stand where you could buy the um, mascot, the mascot, which is the saddest looking stand I've ever seen. And I, I feel bad, um, I feel bad criticizing it because maybe, you know, there could be all kinds of reasons for this to, ha this to happen supply chain you know whatever it was maybe the stuff was being made somewhere else but there was literally like a little tent outside that only sold mascots and that was it but only had about seven <laughs> and it had seven mascots to sell <laughs> it was very look worst of all this is one of the reasons to go to european athletics championships is european athletics is um sponsored by gruyere cheese which is my favorite cheese and whenever you go there there's always a gruyere stand <laughs> so i you know just want oh, to try that one that age seven year oh let me try that one you know i can spend quite a lot of time sampling different cheeses no gruyere stand which i think for many people is the entire point of a european championships isn't it exactly no? dan dan um, dan agreed with me because we just go there for the cheese <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, was just, it was just very strange as I say um, it's not a criticism because there may have been very good reasons for this but and remember last time we were at the same stadium it was literally a building site because it was still being built um, hasn't progressed much further <laughs> since to be honest but great championships fantastic yeah. championships so that's our little disappointments of the championships and of course we wish all those athletes that we've we've mentioned disappointed us <laughs> we wish them the best in the summer <laughs> They can show us we were wrong. So there's something slightly different now. We've talked about what we thought was our best. What was our favourite performance of the championships? Now, I've got a feeling we might all say the same thing for this. So should we have a countdown? One, two, three. Jazz! jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I even did jazz hands, though you can't see that on the podcast. <laughs> this is only audio, but we're doing jazz hands now. <laughs> Now, what was that jump like? It, it was just phenomenal. I think not only did you know the jump was long, it was just waiting to find out exactly how long it was because the, the graphics on screen, you couldn't quite tell whether it was just over the seven, just under the seven, whether it was above the gold. And watching Jazz and that moment when she realised it was it, it was just beautiful. The elation... The joy, everything coming together, yeah, joining that seven metre club. It was a fantastic jump, absolutely precise on the board. It could not have been more perfect. I've watched it in slow motion. Everything, every phase of that. And then her leg shoe, it, beautiful. Yeah, it was just, it was my moment of the, the, whole, the whole event. Absolutely. Let's hear what Jazz had to say. Jez, you said to us, I think last year when you came on the pod, like, um, until you've jumped seven metres, you wouldn't feel like a long jumper. So how do you feel today? Like a long jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I feel alright. Get out of the pit. I think I cool That's probably enough to take the lead, but like, hang on. I don't look at it, because if you yeah. look at it, it might look further than it is. You know, if I, you can't you know tell those people when they jump, they're literally looking before they've even landed. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. want to look. Don't, don't show me, because I knew it was big, but I didn't know how big. I thought it was enough to take the lead, like a mid to high 80s, maybe. It took forever. Why did it take so long? Why did it take so long to flash up on the screen? I, I truly was expecting. I didn't even think it was going over ninety. Oh my god! Seven meters. Lost my mind. Aston told me off immediately. Get back over there. Just calm down. Get over there. You still, you know, you had some great jumps. Still That's to jump. Thing, it's not like I jumped seven fifty. Mm -hmm. Those women can jump that. Um, and I'm very keenly aware of that. Larissa was looking like doing it too. Yeah, mad. How well did she do? Um, <laughs> and 
So then I'm going back on the right, compose yourself, compose yourself, put your jacket back on, put your towel on. Um, trying to find this much composure. I don't have much left. Um, I'm going to have to figure that out for the outdoors because that's not going to be enough come summer. Like, I'm, you know, it's just not. People have won gold medals with less than, less True, than that. True, the Olympics with that. Exactly. <laughs> also, this is now your indoor PB. Ha, that's wild. <laughs> Give me a little gust of wind. And who knows? No, that's, it's wild. It's wild. It's one of those things that I'm so happy that what I believed was correct. You know, that I have, I have known that I'm good enough to jump yeah. seven meters. And it started to feel like, you know, you hear other people say, oh, maybe you're not that kind of jumper, and yeah, you're a 70s jumper, and it's great for you, and it's great that you can pop one over 680 sometimes. But I'm still going, no, 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 I will jump seven meters. And I still think that I can keep going um, beyond that. Mm -hmm. But let me just soak up this moment. Just enjoy this moment. Because we speak to you like after every championship and you always perform well at championships. And you always get a medal, you're close to a medal, but you always do your best on the day. Yeah. But you're never satisfied. So today no. I'm satisfied. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. That's seven meters. I'm in the club. You are, absolutely. <laughs> well we can't wait to see you indoors and we can't wait to have you on the pod in a couple of weeks. 100 I'm there. Perfect. I'm there. It's a day. Like like I said in, in that interview, Jazz had said to us before she's not a long jumper till she jumps seven meters. And it's so interesting because she said she's just bets on herself and people have always said to her, you know, oh, you jump well, you jump seven, seven, six, seventy, you can jump six, eighty. She's like, that wasn't, that's not good enough for me. It's not good enough. And there's an athlete who puts a lot of pressure on herself. And we've had interviews with her when she's been really down and really upset about results. But she always delivers at a championships, like always. And it might not be always what she wants out of it, out of it. But you, I think a little bit like Christine, I'd like to go back and look at Jazzy's results. And I would bet money that every one of her season's best has come when it matters. And the same with Christina Horrible. Every single year, her season's best was at the championships. And that's what Jazz feels like to me. She's got that championship temperament, which is something you can't buy. I mean, I wish you could bottle it. Um, but phenomenal. Her technique, it's, it's different. It's different. It's a phenomenal. It's like a full hitch kick. It's, and for someone so small as well, like we don't expect to see her jumping. She, she jumps tall. If that makes any sense. <laughs> it's perfect sense. Um, but this long jump traditionally is tall women. You know, you think of Fiona May or Heike Dress or Jackie Joyner. That, that it's a you know, even on the men's side as well, you think like Carl Lewis. It's a it's a leg shoot. It's like it's you're getting but you don't expect someone that small to be able to jump that far. I very clearly remember when she was a junior and she got a bronze at was it the European um behind, no world juice behind cat. Was it world juice behind cat? But I remember cat is like six foot. And mm -hmm. Jazz is what, I don't know, five, three or something. And I very clearly remember thinking at the time, oh, bless. <laughs> <laughs> also because she was doing the heptathlon at the time, wasn't she? You know, and I just remember thinking that, like, oh, she's amazing now. But, like, people are going to get, <laughs> Jodie's choking. Um, people are going to grow, and, you know, she's just going to be too small. Um, for, for the long jump, you know, there wasn't, maybe she could do another event. But, um yeah, I was clearly talking rubbish. Clearly, like, got that completely wrong, didn't I? But you look at other long jumpers who've been on the small, like Tiana Madison or Chiomia Jumwa, who, like, don't talk about her, but they didn't have that technique. They didn't have that that hitch kick technique. It's so impressive and it's so precise. And the other amazing thing about jazz is, obviously, the performance is amazing, but jazz is amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah. That personality, that the ability to communicate... That smile, that enthusiasm is what this sport needs. And she has, she did something that we always love to see from athletics. It's when it transcends athletics. 
She's on BBC Breakfast. She's on the radio. Like um, our video of that interview that you just heard has now got nearly 90,000 views on Instagram, which is like insane for our little, <laughs> our little, it's definitely not our followers because we don't have many. Um, but it's obviously hit something. It's hit an algorithm. I know Jazz um, and Dina both retweeted it, which was lovely of them. But even then, it's obviously caught some kind of algorithm. And it's because of her enthusiasm. It's because of her. She's an absolute credit to the sport. I think she's underutilised. I think this is the moment where she's going to go mainstream. And, you know, also she sings. She makes her own clothes. Like, she's got a brilliant Instagram. She's like, she's phenomenal. She makes me, like, you know, sometimes I have a, a day where I've got out of bed and eaten some crumpets. And I feel very fulfilled in what I've achieved in that day. And then there's jazz. Like, I mean, literally a master at everything. She's she's so good at she she just gets it you know yeah. she gets so for example when she she gets seven meters and I'm not saying this is calculated at all I don't I don't necessarily think it's calculated but she she jumps that huge jump now some people would have like stood behind a hoarding or gone back to wait that like, she stands in front like fully engaged waiting to see what's going on the whole stadium is looking at her because she hasn't hidden herself away she's just ready it's a performance almost isn't it yeah it's it like, is yeah it's like um, being a sports person is being a performer in some way and that can't just be on those 60 metres or just on that jump it needs to be the full package and she's the full package and it's so good for the sport it's so good for the sport no absolutely she is such a popular athlete yeah. with with athletes yes now with fans I mean I had a, a friend in athletics who rang me on um, Monday morning and she just said you know Jazz Sawyer, she said, she just, we just love her. And she wouldn't have been speaking about her before that. I mean, the thing is, is that she can transcend the sport. She's got so much personality. We need somebody like that. I've got to say, I love the fact that a great picture captured by, I think it was James Rhodes, yep. when she thanks her mum. She just goes, mum. And it, it was just so beautiful. But no. I don't think that I don't think anybody wasn't crying when we saw about seven meters and knew what she'd achieved. But also got to say total respect to Aston Moore, a British athlete with a British coach. And it's the changes that Aston has made. I, I heard something about um, she had a slight wobble in the ankle on her run ups as she was taking off and they've they've adjusted things. So everything was perfect. So total respect, because behind every athlete is a great coach. And I think Aston Moore does need to shout out because I don't think British coaches get enough respect. We're always looking abroad to big name coaches and this one's done this and this one's done that. But yeah, there's, you know, and same with like Andy Young, there's people here and even what, you know, what, what Trevor's done with Keeley. Like there's brilliant coaches here who are just quietly getting on with it. They're not showy. They're not, you know, there's a lot of coaches we've brought into the system in the UK that we probably shouldn't have. We've sent British athletes to foreign coaches that we shouldn't have. And, What's wrong with the coaches here? There's some great coaches and they need to give, we need to give them a shout out a little bit, a little bit more often. My name is Trina May and I'm talking to the Backstreet Boys and Girl. Mi chiamo Fiona May, benvenuta. E poi io devo parlare con the Backstreet Boys e ragazza. Talking of the women's long jump, we also have to give a shout out to um, Luisa Iappuccino. Um, now, it's so difficult for her. We talk about pressure. Um, her mum's Fiona May. Fiona was on the podcast um, recently and she said, I don't want my daughter doing the long jump because it's going to be too much pressure on her. 
but you know, that girl can deal with pressure, obviously, because she's breaking her mum's records left, right and centre. We had a little chat with her as well. She sounds just like her mum. So we're here with Larissa Al Pacino, who's the new um, European Indoor Silver Medalist and a new national record of 6.97. You must be very happy tonight. I'm very happy. <laughs> uh, I don't know what just happened. We had a really good conversation today and it was fun. It was fun. Uh, I loved jumping with these girls, with Jasmine, with the seven meters, and Ivana, who's a, who's a legend. It was oh, dramatic, but fun. And like you were a great junior, you, you came out, you won the Europe, was it European juniors, you won the World juniors, yeah, European the juniors. European. And you jumped a bit further than your mum as a junior. <laughs> and today you jumped even further. Seven meters must be your next goal. We'll see. Well, it. For a long jumper, for a female long jumper, seven meters is yeah. a great achievement and I always dream about it. But today we think about our medal and tomorrow we think about resting and training and then maybe <laughs> the next competition we can think about seven meters, but it's, it's my dream. So we're old enough to remember your mum when she was competing and she actually was on our podcast last year. She's very proud of you and she didn't want you to do the long jump. She thought it was too no. much pressure. Yeah, she... When I told her I wanted to do um, a long jump, uh, she was like, oh no, <laughs> you're not going to do that. <laughs> she said it exactly like, like that to us. Pressure and, you know, I'm your mother and this and that. I was like, mom, don't worry, I I'll handle it. It was difficult, but I mean, it's, it's what I love, so. And you're handling it. Yeah, I'm trying to, but yeah. Well, congratulations on a great job today. And we look forward to seeing you outdoors. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. She, she is exactly like her mum. She yeah. probably doesn't want to hear that, but she is. It's, it's really interesting because her mum's like uh, British born, but moved to Italy and has now got lots of Italian like mannerisms. Yeah. And you talk to Larissa, who is born in Italy with British mum, they've got the exact same mannerisms. Yeah. Literally when you're talking to them, it's like their faces become the same. Her hand gestures are the same. But they, <laughs> run the, so they run on the, on the, on the, on the runway, they get out of the pit the same. Um, Larissa, like she's only twenty. Like she's another one we've known. Like she was European junior champion. I don't know when because I don't know what year it is anymore. But it was back twenty. Was it before? 19. I don't know. Anyway, but she's still only twenty. She just jumped six ninety seven. Like that's got overlooked because what Jazz did six ninety seven, and she had a phenomenal series of jumps, really consistent. So what an, another amazing young athlete we're going to be excited by. And the other thing is, it's not just the Jazz jumped seven metres and that Larissa jumped 197. They beat Ivana Veletta and Malika Mahambo. Yeah, two best, best in the world. world. This is such a great quality competition. A bronze was 691. You know, there's Olympic Games where that hasn't happened. But th those jumps, they could win outdoors. Yeah, easily. Obviously, we had to talk a lot about Jazz, but I think, I'm going to cross my finger, I'm going to keep everything crossed. I think we might have a special guest on in next week or so who's... I have jumped seven meters at the European indoors with a gold medal. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as, as you're just saying that about um, um, what's coming up, please, everybody um, who likes to listen to the podcast, please subscribe because we don't, you know, we don't come out every week. You don't know when we're going to come out. So please subscribe and you can subscribe on wherever you listen. You were talking to, to a good friend of ours who listens in but didn't realize you could subscribe, did she? Yeah. That's like, People who don't aren't addicted to podcasts like I am. I don't just subscribe to everything. I have like different lists and cues and all kinds of stuff because my whole life revolves around podcasts. But um, for people who don't, you know, if you subscribe, it will just appear in your feed. So please, please do that. Hi, my name is Carson Worrell and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys and Girl. 
So my favourite moment of the entire championships was honorary backstreet boy Carson Volholm setting a new personal best in the 200 metres. Hi, I'm here with Carson Volholm. Congratulations on your gold Thank medal. You. Also, congratulations on your personal best. Uh, it's not a personal best, I think. But it is uh, in the 200. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you got me with that one. <laughs> you went to in 2085. Was that a bit too quick? Yeah, it's stupid. But, uh, you know, it's... It's just me wanting, wanting it probably a bit too much, but you know this is probably also the attitude that has got me to to where I am today. So you know I'm just happy that I got away with the gold medal. But today I I gave it probably a little bit too much, but um, that's the way I am and that's how I do it. So I'm just I'm not disappointed with that. It's it's just me trying and, and testing things and. Uh, and of course, to get a gold medal was my main goal today. I feel a bit to blame because I encouraged you to, to do that. Um, <laughs> it's your fault. Actually. It's my fault. Yeah. Entirely my fault. Um, <laughs> the thing about you, and we've always said this, it's the very first time I interviewed you back in like 2017 yeah. or something. You go out really, really hard and you just hang on. You don't care what happens. You're going to go out and give it your best. Yeah. I think that's the first time I've ever seen you like not quite pull it off. But like after, <laughs> after six or seven years, it's a, it's a good record. Yeah, and I think without the hurdles it's a bit more difficult also to find that balance because there's no barriers to you know pit stop but um, it's it's also it's also something that you know I'm always trying and failing and testing out so I like running without the hurdles and I'm gonna gonna do more of it in the future yeah cool. congratulations everybody Thank we'll see you in the summer that made me laugh so much it made me laugh so much in the nice you know when you make yourself laugh because we were sat in the stands and I said that's too fast. I said, I wonder what is. I mean, it was just a little bit of inspiration came to me. And like, we quickly ran down to interview him, and I'm quickly trying to find his indoor PPs over 200 meters. Uh, but it worked out perfectly. <laughs> um, so he went through in 2085, which is the fastest ever before. I was, um, someone was writing this on, was it Twitter or Track and Field News? I think, I think the fastest anyone's ever gone through before was like uh, 2096 or something. And, and that was a, that also didn't end up particularly fast the, the the ideal way to do it is to go through in like a, a low 20 a low 22 a 22 one or something um yeah it was the minute i minute i saw that we were just like oh either this is a world record or the wheels are going to come off and i've <laughs> never seen the wheels come off carsten vorhan ever no ever he that's why i love him so much because he throws himself into it. it's full commitment isn't it and he always hangs on and this time he <laughs> But he got the gold medal. He gave us a laugh, and he set a new PB. So, what more? What more could you want? Hi, I'm Jenny Meadows, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. It's strange that we've got this far into the championships, and we've not talked about two more great performances. Like we haven't mentioned Keely Hodgkinson, and this oh. is a credit to how great Keely Hodgkinson is that she could go to the European doors literally. I mean, I've never seen anyone win things so easily. Even like we talked about Jakob and the way that he dictated those two races. Keely, like, it looks like a stroll in the park. And she does, um, she, this, is what, this is what a champion does. Goes to the, goes to the um, championships in the rounds, just runs her own race and wins. In the semi, runs her own race and wins. In the final, runs her own race and wins. And let everyone else worry about what they're going to do because I'm just going to run my race. It was perfection. To be iconic at 21 is just no, yes. phenomenal. But I've got to say as well, I mean, she is 
such a mature young woman, such yeah. a great tactician and yeah. such a nice young woman. And her coach, um, her her coach before Trevor, um, Joe Galvin and his wife, Margaret, they coached Keeley from the age of 10. He died um, in on, on the mm. Tuesday of the champs. And she held that all in and it only came out in her interview after she had won the 800 and she had that beautiful gb flag which she had joe galvin across r.i.p legend and i just thought this young woman really is special because she remembers the people who should be remembered and she gives thanks to the man who at 10 told her she could be great what i loved so much about her performance was there was all this talk of world records which was silly you know the, the world record was set by two drug cheats racing against each other 20 years ago. Um, so the idea that she was going to go out, although she was actually born on the day of the world record. Isn't that mm -hmm. crazy? It's amazing. Um, so I'm sure she's, she's going to have to get that at some point. Um, and but, the indoor world record is faster than her outdoor PB. Yeah, so, so there was all this talk of world records, and I thought, that's just nonsense. That, 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 you're not, you know, Maybe she set a season's best, maybe a European record, not European record, a personal best or something. But she dismissed all of that and just mm -hmm. went and won the race. No messing around. Like it was so. She she doesn't run like a twenty year old. She runs like someone who's been doing this for like fifteen years. It's, it's so the level of maturity so... is insane, and the the, the calmness that like she. Ugh, it's really really inspirational to watch. I mean, I'm more than oh God, two and a half times her age, but it's. <laughs> I don't have that level of maturity, never will have, or talent, or anything else. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens on the track this summer. Her and I think Mo and Mary Mora. It, it, it's going to be amazing. It's just going to be very, very special. And we're going to, I think that at some point between the three of them, one of them is going to get the world record. But I don't know when it's going to be. Who does? I No, seriously, I think within the next three, four years, one of those three will have that world record. Um, every year, every couple of years, I get a bit tired, it's not the right word, but I get a bit exhausted with athletics and just think, oh, God, can I do another season? And then, like, the next season arrives and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. <laughs> and Keely and Athing and, like, and Carsten and Femke. And, like, so every year I'm kind of fully, fully back in. I think it's usually <laughs> mid-season, you know, mid-season. We're in the middle of the Diamond Leagues. They don't make any sense. I get a bit a bit like a waver a bit, but this this moment now for the next couple of months, I'm just fully excited. <laughs> um, let's talk about someone else. Sorry, Mel, go on. Uh, but maybe it's the same someone else we're going to talk about. I was going to mention an 80% Laura Muir yeah. still went out there and did exactly what we knew she could do. It was because she's she's not at 100 percent is she? She I didn't hear she didn't say she wasn't, but she didn't look 100 percent She looked, especially in that in the semi, she looks it looked like really hard work. But, you know, Laura Muir only has to be 80% to dominate the European indoors. And now the most medalled British athlete ever indoors. That looked like hard work today, was it? Well, yeah, we ran 4-3, so it's pretty yeah. fast. Yeah, I mean, I think I have a championship record, and I think championship record's about 4-2. So, yeah, we ran fast. And uh, I was planning on moving up a little bit earlier during the race, but we set a good pace, so I was like, no, I'm just going to sit in. Yeah, wait and wait. So, yeah, it was, it was a fast race, yeah. And um, you've won the, that three 1500 meter titles, you've got two 3k titles as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you love the indoors, the indoors loves you as well. Was there a reason you didn't do the 3k as well this, this weekend? Yeah, yeah. So, um, 2017, there was always a target to do a double, 
And then I was only going to do one event in 2019 because there was overlap. But then with it being a home champs, with it being defending champion, it was like three games of straight finals. So I thought, oh, we can probably do it. Um, so I'm glad I did that, you know, doing the double-double. But yeah, this was only going to be the one event. I think 17 and 19 were pretty special circumstances to do the double. This time round, yeah, I'll just do one event. Um, and yeah, there was overlap with the 3K and 15 as well. Because so, yeah. we were sat here yesterday saying about a triple, a triple double, but yeah. we, we don't have to run it, so it's very easy for us to talk about, yeah, isn't it? No, it's just, so is it just back to back to hard training now, ready for the for the summer? Yeah, yeah? I'll get back home on Monday and um, actually go back to Africa for a training camp on Thursday. So yeah, quick turnaround. Last year you did the mix up, you did the eight, you did the fifteens. We've known you for the five before. Um, yeah. What sort of what are you thinking this year? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to try the five again. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've got a good bit of time to take up my team in that event. So I think I'd like to do at least one in the summer, see where I'm at in that event. But I'll probably do eights and fifteens as well. Yeah, you know, I love racing those different distances. Um, you know, I like to keep things fun and interesting and probably make quite a decision quite late on to run champs. And only one championship to worry about this year, so yeah, that, that's better. Yeah. It's so much easier, you know, one championship versus three, Europe versus, you know, uh, Asia and everything, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's nice to have a chance in Europe and I've got a lot more time as well, so later on. So, yeah. Cool, well, congratulations and we'll see you later in the summer. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks a lot. We have to give a shout out to Claudia Bobacheo as well because she's someone who's been there or thereabouts for years and years and years. And to come to the championships to run a new PB from the front and just go, do you know what? I'm just going to give it my all and you're going to have to beat me. And only Laura could. And um, we went in there with some hopes of, you know, more than one medal for Britain. But when she comes and runs Boba Chairman 403, much better than the um, PBs of the, of the British ladies. So, um, yeah, great, great, great race. Well done to Laura as well. Another, like, just a, she's racking up those medals, isn't she? she? She really is. And like we were saying, we asked her in an interview, you know, why did she do the, the, the double? It would have been a triple double, wouldn't it? But it made sense. It was in it was in Scotland last time, and she she wouldn't have done it otherwise. And she's clearly not her, her very very best. I think Paula was saying in the studio that like she at the moment she can she can run that four hundred three. That's fine. But when she was in the semi, when she was having to run yeah. four twenty pace, she didn't have that turn of pace, which is why she got left behind. So and she had to kind of wind it up. She hasn't got that sharp turn of pace which she will have later in the season um but she's got five gold medals five now i think she's one medal less than jeff capes jeff capes has six medals two golds like a silver and three bronze or something so laura's five golds i think beat jeff capes's six medals but she can get one more and take the full also in the 70s and 80s the european indoors was every year every year so, yeah. yeah it's different it's different to have three women in that final was really an achievement. It was Hannah Nutter in the, in the 3000, where, you know, Melissa Courtney got a bronze, and it's great to see her running well, come back from injury. And um, Hannah Nuttall come fifth. And the first time she's been um, at this level of competition. So that was a brilliant performance as well. One person we haven't talked about, and we do like to talk about on this podcast for multiple reasons, is Kevin Meyer. He was there and he expressed himself 100%. We're here with Kevin Meyer, who's won the European Indoor Championships for the third time. Congratulations. Yeah, I didn't do a, a great first day, so I had to push myself today. I was a good elders, good balls, and pretty, pretty good 1000 because I didn't work for that. My last 1000 were two years ago, so I didn't know what to expect from that race, and that was pretty scary and I answer with the, with the right way so 
I'm from now. Because <laughs> your biggest competitor have got a long way ahead of you. Were you were you sure that you could catch up? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I didn't expect him. <laughs> and uh, in the hurdles, he did uh, he, he did his PB. In the poverty he did his PB. So I was like, oh man, he's 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 really fast in the 1000. I have to mm. do big pole to to make some space yeah. for me in the 1000. So. I, I didn't throw to, to his uh, great competition, so I'm proud of him. He was a good adversary. He pushed me to be better today. So you have lots of gold medals, but there's one gold medal you don't have yet. So what can we expect for you in Paris next year? I know. Everyone wish me the gold medal. I wish me the gold medal. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a guy kind of, uh, I want to leave the, the, the um, the moment, mm -hmm. the, the present, and this is long away okay. to the future. And yeah. I will train every day to be unbeatable that day. Okay. But for now, I can't say I want to win the gold medal because when you attend uh, a decathlon, everything can happen. So yeah. I want to leave the present, and when I'm will go go there, I will be in the 100, and after I will be in the long jump. And we will count uh, before the 1500, like we count before the yeah. 1000. But right now, I can't say I'm going to win. I, I'm just focusing on, on the way to do it. That's a very good attitude to have, so Thank good you. luck. Kevin's got some big years coming up. He's never won, he's never won, the, he's got two Olympic silvers. Yeah. So, you know, next year's the time to do it. But I love his mentality of saying he just takes one event at a time, not even one decathlon at a time, one event in the decathlon at a time. So he's not even thinking about Paris. I think that's a very, very smart move. Well, when we asked him about Paris, he clearly was not interested in talking no. about Paris. Firstly, because <laughs> everyone has been asking him about Paris. And secondly, as he has he explained, one event at a time. So we're, we're a whole 18 months away from, from him having to worry about that. But it is, it is weird, isn't it, when you're one of the greatest of all time and you just haven't got that that one medal, that must be an awful, we're talking about pressure, you know, with a younger athlete like Morgan, it must be a huge amount of pressure for Kevin Meyer, who doesn't have that Olympic gold, and it's in his country. It's not like Jess, who, it was in her country, but it was her first Olympics, you know, Kevin Meyer's now going to be on his third, and he needs to get that gold medal in front of his home country. We've done, we've talked a lot today, we, we always say we're going to do this in an hour, lies. <laughs> So we just to wrap this up, we talked about what Kevin Meyer is going to do next summer. But who are the athletes? European Indoors is one of those championships where we want to see new faces and we want to see people that we can get excited by. You can kind of announce yourself, can't you, at the European Indoors? Which athletes this weekend are we excited about seeing outdoors in the summer? Mel, who are you excited by? There's um, Audrey Vero. The 80-year-old, yes. um, 800-meter runner. I think she's a really exciting young talent. And, yeah, can't wait to see what she does. This European um, under-23s this year, but she should make her Olympic team, I would imagine. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, and I thought she tactically was very smart. She knew what she was wanting to do. She knew a couple of times that she wasn't going to maybe get through, so she took the race up. She wasn't, she wasn't scared of, like, taking it on. Um, you know, she's another one who's come up through the junior ranks, isn't it? And it's really good to see. And this is a perfect, I think she came fourth. I think she came fourth in the end, but she ran really good races. Um, I, I want to say, and this is this guy's an enigma because, you know, he came out and he won gold, which is Samuel Ciccarelli in the 60 metres. Now, his PB before this season, 
at the six, he was 6.72. Last year, he jumped, he ran 6.81. His PB outdoors is 10.45. So I don't know where he's come from. I don't know, you know, but, you know, 6.47 is is a phenomenal, 6.48, so he's a phenomenal time. He beat the, the Olympic and European indoor and outdoor world indoor champion. He's obviously a talent. I don't know what he's going to be able to do over 100 metres, but that's someone we're going to have to watch out for. There are apparently only three people who have run faster than 6.48 who haven't run under 10 seconds. Okay. So if you've run under 6.48, the chances are you're going to go under 10 seconds. I'm not saying he is, but what I'm, why he was on my list of ones to watch, but it's not him. My one to watch is the Italian relay team mm. because they came and took that gold in, um, in, where did they take it? Tokyo. Was it Tokyo? Was it Eugene? I can't. So they, oh yeah. So they they took that um, that gold medal, and Americans were like up in arms. I would love them to keep doing that. I would love them to <laughs> not necessarily take the medal, but I'd love them to be in competition. You know, so it's it's Britain and America and Canada and Italy now. It's really good to have that 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 mix. And so he, he's a great one to throw into the Italian team. Um, couple of things. This isn't specifically to watch, but. Neil Gurley has had a great um, a great uh, winter season because of Jake's gold medal. That means we get four slots at the world, at the world which could we want a better event to get four slots in? You know, because we <laughs> we could have five or six men who are qualified for that. Um, one other quick one is Sanders Scottheim in the uh, men's um, pentathlon. Here, he's only twenty years old. And he gave Kevin a real run for his money. He set six PBs out of seven events this year so far. Um, he's, he's only 20. He doesn't look like a decathlete even, does he? He's got the body of kind of like, um, of, um, what's high jumper? High jumper, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so he, he's super excited to be looking forward to. And one last one is um, Sulek in the um, heptathlon now. She was um I love her. I absolutely love her. She she just I just think she's great. Um, but she's really, really putting it together now. And that is you've beaten the indoor world record. I'm not saying she's beaten the outdoor world record, of course, but like maybe there's some competition for Nafi. Definitely Nafi, it's gonna be Anna Hall, hopefully KJT and yeah. like I mean, her last 50 meters of that 800 when the lactic hit, I thought she was going to drop. She got across the line. That world record, oh my goodness. No, what a competitor. What a competitor. Can't wait for the heptathlon. And her best outdoors is only 6672. So, I mean, that's a very good score. That's a medal winning score. But, like, you know, that's 400 points down, 350 points down what Nafi can do. And what, um, but, you know, there's improvements. She's just running indoors faster over the 800 than she has outdoors. Yeah. She's just jumped further indoors than she, in the long jump than she has outdoors. Yeah, she's great. And she's a great personality as well. I've got some names. Um, Jason Josephs, who won the hurdles, European um, junior champion, European under-23 champion, fourth in Munich last year, has come on leaps and bounds. He's just knocked 50.15, I think, of his indoor PB um, over 60 hurdles. If he did that outdoors, he's a sub-13 metre, uh, sub-13 second, 110 metre hurdler. So that's definitely one to look out for. Um, I really like Benjamin Robert in the 800 metres. I thought he ran really smartly. He didn't win, he came second, but... In the heats, he really showed himself. I want to, we've mentioned Larissa Iappuccino. Um, Lika Clava isn't getting enough credit. Yeah. Up 51 already. She's improved leaps and bounds indoors. She's definitely one to look out for in the 400 metres. And someone we talked about 
um, earlier in someone who disappointed us. Actually, a couple of people disappointed us. I think we need to look out for Morgan Lake outdoors. And I think Izzy Boffy as well. People we're going to look out for outdoors. So what a great championships. We've talked really about was. <laughs> I was laughing because you, you, you know you're a real athletics fan. When you go all the way to East Ball to watch four days of athletics, and the first thing you do when you get in is start to rewatch the 35 hours of athletics that was on the BBC. So it, before I went, I cleared loads of stuff on my Sky Planner so I would have space to fit it in. And thank God I did, because when I got back, it was down to 2%. And um, <laughs> I've got 35 hours to get through. I, I'm about two thirds of the way through at the moment, but um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Oh, sorry, just one other quick thing. One other quick thing who I want to give a shout out to is Harry Akinzariti, who... Um, he was over there doing stuff for European Athletics. We bumped into him at the airport on the way there and we were having a chat and he was telling us what he was going to be doing. It was just videos or things inside the track and that, but for European Athletics. He did an interview with Jeanette um, on the BBC. He is so personable and so eloquent and so like charming and so good looking. He was just so good. And I texted Jeanette and said... Jeanette, when you get Gabby's job, Harry is getting yours. So, <laughs> so I don't know if he's probably not listening, but he, 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 he's going to be great. He's going to be great today. He's a natural. So there it is, the European Indoor Athletics Championships. <laughs> it was a brilliant championship. There were some brilliant performances. We had a wild time going. And I just want to say a big thank you to Mal. Mal, yeah. you've been the, the most brilliant guest. You've got a new back straight lady. I have I've really loved it. I'm looking forward to editing it, but it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And it's been a great opportunity just to just to chat with you in the way that I chatted with you at the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> well, listen, now we're really looking forward to you editing it as well. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not just on here because you promised to edit. You've been a phenomenal guest. Like it's so it's we love chatting athletics and we more than that, we love chatting at athletics with people who really know their stuff. Yeah. and have that background and the knowledge and the, you know, the relationships you have with athletes and coaches and every, everything about athletics. So you're welcome back on any time. Um, whenever you have something you want to say, you come and give us a shout and you can be a back straight lady. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks everybody for listening. Um, as I said, we will be back in a couple of weeks with a very special guest. Please subscribe. And please, wherever you subscribe, please give us um, um, a review. We still have a cold stash of stuff to give away to people. So we've now we've got more. We've got yeah. more. <laughs> so if you give us a nice five-star review, we will read them out on, on the um, podcast and we can send some swag your way. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter on at BackstraightB. We're on Instagram at Backstraight Boys Podcast. Mel, where can we find you? At Melanatural on Twitter. Cool. Well, I'm sure you'll get lots more followers after listening to the Backstroke Boys. <laughs> and one very last big shout out I want to give out to um, Backstroke listener Janet, who we met in um, in Istanbul. She was so lovely. She was having a chat. She was telling us how much she loved the podcast. So thank you for listening. In. It's really, really great to hear. You don't know. You put you do a podcast. You put it out there in the world. You have no idea if anyone's listening at all. So when you're at an actual championships and someone comes up to you and says. Are you one of the Backstreet Boys and then wants to talk about athletics with you? It's just a really, really nice feeling. So a big shout out to, to Janet. Thanks a lot. So thanks, Janet. And thanks, everybody else for listening. And we'll be back in a week or so with someone very special. Bye. See you soon.